Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Outpost Frequencies, brought to you by thelastmovieoutpost.com for all of your movie news, reviews, and everything cool about film. Uh, I'm your host this evening, not George Lucas, and with me is Yoda. Hello there. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Yes, I was I was quite happy that I didn't receive any unexpected phone calls today. <laughs> <laughs> My kids oh. got me a waterproof Bluetooth speaker that I can hang in the shower so I can listen to my YouTube crap in the morning when, because I don't have anything that's waterproof. I was going to say, is that really the way you want to start the day? (laughs) You know, I, I'm listening to it anyway. In fact, I, I just, I have to turn it off because I have to take off my headphones and everything, go in the shower, do my thing. It's kind of nice to have a little speaker in there. I can listen to whatever. Well, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I had to work today, so I just, yeah, it was actually it was quieter at work today, which was nice. I think everybody was down the pub with their fathers, um, and whatnot. I mean, I would like to say a little thank you to my dad. He passed away in two thousand and one now uh, due to cancer, but I mean, he was the man who built a cinema in our garage growing up and got me into my love of movies. So you know, it's nice to remember him on days like this. Yeah, my dad died in uh, twenty eighteen. And uh, it's just three years, four years ago now. And um, it was, I don't know. I mean, he and I looked completely alike. Like, you know, there's people's like, Jesus, he looks like Jerry. But, <laughs> um, but mannerisms and everything, we were a lot of differences. And, I, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm more like my mom. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, I'm the, I'm the IT guy in the family. <laughs> there ain't a soul in my family that understands this stuff at all. I have to fix yeah. everything. And I mean, like, to the point that it's a wonder they don't set themselves on fire most of the time. So I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was hatched. I'm, I'm, that's the only explanation at this point. You've got the same mannerisms as the old milkman you used to have, though, which is weird, isn't it? My, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird that I would look like my dad. Maybe my dad cheated on my mom. Eggy yeah. um, can't join us today because he's he's enjoying Father's Day, and Sean apparently has lost power, uh, so wandering around in the dark. Yeah, so, uh, there was a tornado down in Kentucky or Tennessee. Oh, right, wow. Wherever, okay. wherever he's, whatever hillbilly area he's from, and um, he's... Having to deal with that, and the fact that it's taken this long to get power back up, I'm going to guess that tornado hit a power station or something rather big than a, just a couple of lines, because they usually fix that pretty quick. And with a tornado, just to check this off, sucking off isn't what it is, what I think it is, is it? It's, it's well, I guess it depends on what you're into, but yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I love being thrown 60 feet into the air and thrown two miles away. Hey, I saw Twister. <laughs> it's just a big adventure, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, no, there's no real danger. <laughs> um so news of the week just having a quick scan through of what's going what's going on um joker 2 electric boogaloo <laughs> quite literally uh, it, it is going like, to be a musical so well i mean is it going to be a musical or is there just going to be sort of music in it because well i i mean if you're bringing lady gaga to play harley quinn and given the fractured state of mind of the joker it would not surprise me if they do some sort of weird pseudo musical in his head. Yeah. yeah type of thing. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, she was very good in Gucci. Um, and I mean, there was no songs in that. And no, so... true. Yeah. She was but... all right. I mean, I don't know. Lady Gaga is, is a passable actress. I'm not, 
I always get the impression that people like her as singers are sort of like, oh, I've done the singing thing. Now I want to play acting and do that for a little bit, you know. Um, and yeah, so I wore I wore a meat suit to the Emmys. What's next? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I wonder if she still got that or the Grammys. Um, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is now my fly suit. <laughs> um, there's there's a few other bits and pieces about. I don't want to say a lot of like virtual signaling, but like with Tom Hanks, um, which you mentioned in your entertainment news, which you can find on the channel if you just subscribe and have a look around. Um, but I mean, yeah, Tom Cruise is um, Tom Cruise. Tom Hanks has now said that he shouldn't really have played a gay man because he's straight. Well, um, so I mean, I'm assuming he's going to give his Oscar back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe I made that point. I, I was trying to say, because, like, it isn't just that there's CG or effects, you know, like a computer-generated yeah. image. It's all the, the color correcting now that they do with computers. It's oh, yeah. all the Nothing looks really like it does when they shoot it anymore. Absolutely. There's, there's nothing authentic about what you see in a movie. But we got to have a gay actor to play a gay guy, because that's, that's where we want authenticity to be. It's like... You know, there's nothing authentic about a movie. I remember uh, Robert Williams way back when uh, he was um, he was making a, I think it was on like comic relief or something like that. I don't remember what it was, but he 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 commented on how people were uh, Christians at the time were protesting the Last Temptation of Christ, and they were standing up there with signs going, "This movie is not real." And he was like, "Look," <laughs> and he goes, "Look, Sparky, no but no movie's real." <laughs> It doesn't exist. So, sorry, you were saying Transformers wasn't a documentary? It was not. <laughs> well, maybe the animated one. Um, but it, it is sort of strange that, you know, the whole the whole word acting, actor, is you are, you're not saying your own lines, you're speaking somebody else's lines, you're you're doing an, an impersonation, really, of, of somebody else as a character, whether, whether it's a, a live person or a made-up person. And nothing about acting is real. But, and yet, for some reason... Tom, if you really want to be authentic, get AIDS. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then, um, then, then talk to me. If you really yeah. want to be a method actor, if you really want authenticity, get AIDS. Yeah, then, 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 I'll, then I'll buy your bullshit. I mean, just from the fact that, like, say, so yeah, any any actor, I, I'd never thought to myself that, you know, um, what's his name? Um, Steve Rogers. Chris Evans, you know, was at one point put into a machine which, you know, enhanced his body to make him six foot six and built like a brick shit house. You know, it was, yeah, it's uh, very, very strange. He, I think he kind of was, actually. It just, it wasn't like it was portrayed in the movie. <laughs> but, oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> yes, he was more six A lot of white chicken breast. That's all I know. <laughs> um the uh, one other thing I do want to talk about it's not really entertainment news, but I do want to sing the praises of RRR. Did you read my review on this? I refresh my memory. I think I did, but it's been just a crazy few days. It's it's an Indian film, but it's not Bollywood. Oh, right, right, right. Um, it was. I'd heard some people singing its praises, and so I thought, right, I'll give it a try. I had to watch it in two sections because it is nearly three hours. It's about two hours fifty minutes. But the first hour, I was enthralled with what I was watching. It was wonderful. It's completely over-the-top action. It's kind of set in the same universe as um, Fast and Furious, where physics don't matter. Mm. But it's a much better story with much better actors. And um, I, I, I got corrected on 
Twitter because I put I I'm watching this Bollywood movie and somebody said it's not Bollywood. Um, I I, I was going to do that in an Indian accent then because I think it was mostly Indian people who corrected me. But it was this is not was, Bollywood, sir. Now go away and thank you and come again. <laughs> See, I was trying not to do that but anyway. Um, <laughs> hey, um, you've got to be offensive. Just do it right. You know, go for the gold. It was done in a Tamil. Um, uh, language and so like I say there was a Bollywood moment in there but it wasn't I say a Bollywood moment it was still done within the confines of the film if that makes sense it wasn't like some musical numbers where everybody's just suddenly starts singing and dancing and music comes from nowhere they were at a party and these two guys try to outdo each other um and oh, I just you know what I just really enjoyed it there was no there was nothing Nothing political. Well, I say nothing political. There was nothing woke or sort of anything about it. There was a political message because it was all all about India fighting for their freedom in the 1920s. From the horrible English, I hate myself after watching that film because the English people in it were just evil. Um, but no, I I thoroughly <laughs> they could enjoyed use it. some English people again. I bet <laughs> half the half the half the world could use a little bit more English, in my opinion, for what that's worth. Um, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not me. Like I say, I'm I'm, I'm quite happy the way I am. Um, but the, yeah, so let's get on to talking about... I, I, I just wanted to oh, say, when I read that review, the mm. first image, and I'm trying to bring it up here, so give me uh, half a second. But the first image I saw was the... Um, uh, here we go. Two guys on a bike, weren't it? Yeah, one guy on a horse and one guy on a bike. Yeah. And I thought... Is this the Indian version of Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man? <laughs> <laughs> somebody, I think somebody compared it to, um, oh, the Motorcycle Diaries, which I can't recall if I'd seen it or not. Um, but no, I mean, that, that image does quite sum up the movie quite well of sort of what an action-packed adventure it is. Um, and there's an opening scene where a guy fights a tiger. And I thought the CG on that was absolutely spot on. There were a few other bits of dodgy CG, but the, the opening sequence with the tiger was pretty impressive. It was it was pretty well done. Where where can where can one see it? It's on Netflix. Okay. I might give it a show. So, um it is long, but I I found it I found the story wonderfully compelling really really enjoyed it really um yeah it's really really good so let's talk on about oh gosh imagine being a youngster and thinking i'd like to work in hollywood oh it'd be my magical dream to work in hollywood and you and you work your way up and maybe you work at a video store first and then you maybe do some script editing and you finally get to be a producer at one of the biggest organizations in the world warner brothers and the first task you have to deal with is Ezra Miller. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, I, I, just to sum up the situation, basically, allegedly he has choked out a fan, which was caught on video. He was, yeah, I don't in, think there's anything alleged when you have it on video, the grooming thing. There's still, you know, hang no, on, hang on, hang on. we got, <laughs> sorry. Got, yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So he choked out a fan. He has been arrested twice in, in Hawaii uh, for causing a breach of the peace. He's been screaming the victim. And now allegedly he has been grooming a girl from the age of 12, who is now 18. He has allegedly kidnapped her. And, uh, according to his, instagram posts have disappeared to another universe do, do, um, do you see this do you see this ending like like the ending of bonnie and clyde <laughs> somewhere or something or other i mean it's just i kind of 
the first the first instances of him um with the arrest and everything else i can kind of understand that that if you are famous and everything else and you're being harassed by people then yeah you might kick off stink and it might be horrible and i, I kind of i you know that that to me is a level that i can understand you know we have seen certain people what's his name justin bieber got into a fight and you can you can kind of imagine that i remember sean penn pump punching out photographers back in the 80s exactly yeah. you know some I can completely understand that. What I cannot then comprehend is just, I mean, it's just batshit crazy. It's no, he's, he's, he's in, he's in another universe at this point. His brain is broke. And I mean, I, that doesn't break. I mean, if he's been doing this, this girl, I guess it's a native American girl. Like I'm, as far as we can tell. Yes. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not positive. I'm not positive on all the, uh, the details on it, but it seems like I, I don't know. This this is bad. Whatever is going on, and it's it's a combination of evil and um, clearly not thinking like a rational person anymore because yeah. these these are so self destructive. There's no there's no coming back from any of this. I mean, like I say, from the first part of what was going on, like I say, you can kind of understand it. And I mean, a few people sort of said, "Oh, he just needs a good." you know, a good slap around the head and it will sort him out. This now, I'm I'm kind of in the, in the camp where it's kind of, no, this man seriously needs some help. I mean, like proper, proper psychiatry medicine help. Because now, if you wanted to take down a movie studio, I'm not sure anybody could be more effective right now than Ezra Miller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only he was working for Disney. He'd be no, I know. <laughs> between, um, between him and Amber Heard... <laughs> because yeah, that's the other person that we haven't mentioned yet is i mean what we can say about amber heard is she's a liar uh because that's yeah. been proved in the court now um but even she's but, looking at miller going man you are messed up <laughs> yeah that's right you know i mean dumping in the bed got nothing that's on one you, thing but yeah <laughs> that um, i didn't do yeah yes obviously yeah that was it was done by the dog wasn't it it was mm. the it was the chihuahua or the puppy or something rather um but i mean again you put yourself in Warner Brothers situation now that apparently most of the filming for The Flash has been done. They have brought back Michael Keaton, and I'm just going to use the phrase, this is my new favourite phrase now, for things that can't be explained, like, for example, Palpatine being back, it's just somehow. And that's my new favourite expression now. So when something's completely inexplicable and you have no... Well, I, I think they're going to do a multiverse thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's but, that's <laughs> that's clearly them going. Oh, that Spider-Man thing worked out. Bring in Keith. I did you do? You, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm blasting in here, but did you see the last pitch movies? You know, the guy does those movie. Pitch Not the last one. No. He's like, um, he's like, <laughs> he did Jurassic World, the new Jurassic right. World. He says, "Ah, oh, we brought back, we brought back uh, Ellie Sattler and and." Uh, grant and and uh jeff goldblum's character ian malcolm and he's like oh bringing back uh iconic characters is there any better way to make money he goes no sir there is it goes no i'm serious we're running out of iconic characters is there any <laughs> better way to make money <laughs> and it's true i mean these guys are aging out they're passing on i mean you know the years keep piling up and they're gonna have to start coming up with some original shit soon <laughs> yeah and, and yeah the, it, i mean you know let's say in sort of 20 30 years time and hopefully this won't happen but michael keaton has passed away and it's kind of oh can we get the old batman back that everybody likes in 1989 no he's dead sir uh do we own the rights to his image yeah because we 
just CG him back in. And and like I say, that nobody seems to be creating new things. I mean, not to go back to it, but I mean, that's one thing I absolutely loved about RRR. It was, to me, a completely original story and really, really well done story as well. Whereas, yeah, like I say, Hollywood did just keep churning. But then, I say keep churning stuff out. Scream 6 is on the way and everybody seems to be really excited about it. And I, Why? Yeah, I can't for the life of me understand how you can just have another genre of man in mask stabs people. Uh, number six. Hooray. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's like like the Jason and the Freddy series. You could even Michael, you could kind of like, oh, what, what are they going to do with him now? You know, because it's the same character. But with Scream, it's a different person every time. Sometimes it's two people in it's the true, in the yeah. outfit. It's always a who done it. Which if they would lean more into the who done it and less into the iconic imagery, then maybe it might be something they may have something there. But they you know, they gotta put somebody else in the fucking screen mask, you know, and they gotta be all meta all the time. And it's like we're in a meta ception at this point. It's funny how the the movie as, I mean, the original movie was mocking that kind of thing, and now it's become a mockery of itself. Yeah, I mean, it got meta about the the original movie, which was meta about. It's just, yeah. It, it's. I mean, this is why people are having so many problems with this kind of thing. I think. Back, back to back to Warner Brothers. So yeah, so they have spent an awful lot of money on the Flash, which. As far as my understanding was, the most of the production, filming production had been done and they were working on the special effects and everything else for release next year. Now, I mean... They, I don't they, know what I'm, they're going to do. They can't just toss it in the garbage and they can't refilm all of it. I mean, there is obviously the technology to be able to swap people's faces and so forth. But then you've got... That's going to look so janky. <laughs> No, 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 no. But I keep thinking to myself, um, you know, uh, sort of like a, an agent on the phone going, yeah, we, we've got you a gig. Yeah, it's with Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's really big. Yeah. You're going to be, um, you're going to be releasing Ezra Miller. Hello? Hello? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, they did replace Amber Heard. I, I, I read somewhere in the grapevine that they are reshooting her with a different actress. Is that correct? Uh, again as far as my understanding is yes okay um, so yeah. but she's a support minor supporting character and it sounded like she only had 10 to 15 minutes of screen time at the most and it's probably with a little creative editing some reshoots get momoa back in there in the in the gold and green co or the orange and green costume it should be no big deal but you know a main character like i remember when they put uh Carrie Fisher in Rise of Skywalker, and it just was so mechanical and weird. And it was, it was even the same with Rogue One when they had her in your Rogue One, and also Peter Cushing as well. That was that was not that was more organic than just sticking her in there from a green screen, cut and paste. Oh yeah, yeah. And and they didn't have like they could get the girl to say the lines and interact with the person. And then all they had to do was do a deep fake, and the same with Tarkin. But here yeah. they had an entire; they just had what they had, and they just green screened her in, and had the characters. I mean, it was it, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of uh, when uh, somebody would talk to Lassie in the old series, <laughs> and they would have to, you know, use all, it's like 
Leia, do you think we should, uh, woof. Oh, you think we should oh. use the force and maybe go find Palpatine and then run through there and get the and get the thing? Woof! The oh, okay, we'll go do that. <laughs> you know? Oh, and you say raise down a well? We'll go get her. <laughs> you know? I I still remember that moment of of thinking the way she was killed was beautifully done in the Last Jedi, and then they Mary Poppins did it, and to just no avail. You know, that, like you say, bringing her back then in the Rise of Skywalker was just, it didn't, it didn't add or do anything at all. I, I know, I know you could see Iger somewhere, you know, at some <laughs> point during this whole process going, God damn it. <laughs> just trying to figure this shit out. It, it, that, I mean, say what you will about the MCU now. I still think that there's some sort of plan, whether or not it's getting executed properly. You could. We we don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of argument to be made on that. But Star Wars was a flaming dumpster fire from day one. They didn't know what the hell they were doing with it. They had no well, real plans. I know Sean's not here to correct us, but I mean, like I say, we will we will come back to that. But let's just let's stay let's try and stay on point because otherwise I'm just going to get on a soapbox and this thing will be three hours long of me ranting and raving and. Um, d- d- well, you know, I, I you know, hey, it's just it's just us girls here, okay. Um, I watched Red Letter Media talk about Kenobi. Yes, and uh, they, yeah, funny enough, me too. So yeah, and they really articulated, I think, where I'm at, where you are not. And I was, they're like, it's super okay. Like they, they saw the problems yeah. with it, but their expectations were so low, and they just couldn't get mad about it. They kind of enjoyed it for what it was. And I don't think I, I thought it was as good as they do. But I just haven't been mad about it like you have. And I, and the thing is, it's like every little little video you've done, every little complaint you've made, I have no disagreements with. Not one. It's and 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 I enjoy your. I loved your force thing with you know he's <laughs> running out of force like a video game. But um, I just I'm just not as. I guess I'm that way with Star Trek more than I am with Star Wars. I think Star Wars has just kind of like gotten. I I I I'm in the next stage of grief. Like I'm in acceptance, <laughs> and you're still in either anger or <laughs> denial or denial or like. anger. I think you're in anger. Um, and it's, funny enough, there was a great comment that somebody put on Twitter, and um, I can't remember. Somebody somebody made a point about something or other, and somebody came back and replied. They had loads of likes and saying, "Oh, now you're just nitpicking," and I thought to myself. Yes, the person is nitpicking because they are making a prequel, which is, in my eyes, deconstructing the characters horribly. You know, with with um, the whole thing with um, the whole force thing that in, in episode five of Obi Wan, where he stops the ship taking off, and you're thinking, why didn't he do that on Hoth when the Millennium Falcon was taking off? In fact, at the end of um, uh, uh, the money, um, Falcon, man, back. it's the money. No, 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 but it's too too no, powerful. No, no. But even yeah, but at the end of um, Empire Strikes Back, when, respect. When, Luke, <laughs> when Luke jumps off the the balcony, again Vader's just sort of going, oh, no, you oh don't. they did that in Robot Chicken, by the way. Oh, did they? Yeah, they actually did <laughs> that. No, no, you don't. Oh, come on. Yeah, you're going back, and you're going to have and a so, little father son talk. Oh, you suck. You know. <laughs> and so I think, like I say, I wasn't this nitpicky with the Mandalorian because I mean, obviously, it touched on certain characters throughout the Star Wars canon and stuff. But if you are taking 
established characters that we've known and loved and know a lot about and you're deconstructing them and not paying attention to the details then yes you can be nitpicky about it there has been a lot of and i think look to me star wars was ruined with the prequels you know this is this this is that's what was the beginning of the end of star wars there has been a lot of bright spots like filoni and favreau are doing their best to to get some gold out of this and and i think the clone wars and i know you don't like the animation style or whatever but i think the clone wars did a pretty darn good job of of making the prequels palatable to a certain extent or at least making the clone war and and some of the stuff palatable but the truth is if you just go by the movies or live action stuff i mean if you don't want to dive into all this lore and comics and books nonsense and i don't blame you if you don't i read on the back of a cereal packet that yeah is much more <laughs> yeah it, it's like the problem with star wars is that it it does collapse under its own illogic the force has never been like if you just watch the first three movies the force has never been nearly as powerful as they as it became later on. You could lift a couple of rocks and stuff here and there, but you weren't stopping spaceships. And it was more about inner strength and and more of a spiritual yeah. thing, right? And then once it became a physical thing in the prequels, that ruined it. And then they've just been tacking shit onto it ever since. And in the, in the sequels, we had force heal. Force healing and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And and none of it, none of it was... It, it's, it's all... It's a problem with the Star Wars universe that that you got to ex- accept. If you try to go much beyond the, the big three movies and you try to do any explanations or try to do this, it's very, very difficult. Zahn, to me, is the only guy that did it right. He yeah. added just a little bit to Force. And I think it was mostly the idea of these creatures that could have Force bubbles that could negate yep. the force, and that was an evolutionary trait because of the 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 predators on that world could use the force. They got really weird around force sensitive people, Jedi, mm-hmm. Mar- you know. And then they added like a, a Jedi meditation thing where he could go into kind of a hibernation state, and that was it. Just little subtle things that they added that he added to it. Mm. Nothing that was like, oh, and he can, you know. Grab yeah, a ship that, from from you know the sky that's at full that, throttle. That was supposed to be a homage to um, Ray because Ray did that in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, the maybe was supposed to be on. And, on and... I, I don't <laughs> know. I mean, you know, they they did add stuff like in if you think about the original Star Wars, they talked about the Force. When did anybody actually use the Force? The closest you saw was Vader choking out a guy. That was it. Nothing floated. There was no telekinesis. There was nothing. It was a shitty lightsaber fight. You know, there was something else going on there, and you had to kind of fill in the blanks. Empire, you started to be able to move small objects and kind of communicate across great distances. Mm. The third one, they added the lightning because they just wanted to show a way to show how much of an evil prick the Emperor was. And that was it. That was that was the force, and all of it was mostly the the thing that we loved about it is because you had to fill in the rest with your mind. The, I mean, the thing that I always remember somebody saying about that is is after Empire Strikes Back, every kid, 
in the world tried to move objects with the force yeah the remote control whatever it was you know you just sort of thinking maybe and then like you say the whole thing with the midi chlorians was just kind of like no you haven't got the force because you haven't got midi chlorians so yeah i mean that it just took away all that magic everything started going downhill when they said the word midi chlorians and then after that you know so i mean you can like it for what it is or you know you can pick and choose i just I have my original three. I have that time in my life when it was special. I think the only thing that angers me about it right now is that it made the original three less special. They just became yeah. movies that I like instead of places that I went. Again, funny enough, somebody came up with an excellent um, comment about that. And they were sort of saying, I think somebody, I, I put up, I found a quote because I stupidly, put stuff into twitter that i was looking for and then somebody sort of said oh we could just have an, a series of anakin and obi-wan um you know talking for for 10 seasons and it's kind of but the more content they just produce the less special it can't becomes yeah you know like it's the same video, mentality that you know that we have with the government but make money machine go burr yeah you have more money just, it's worth less you have more content it's worth less yeah you know when you what you're funny enough not not tying this in, but a excellent segue into our 1982 uh, celebration. But you said about ET. ET is is beautiful because it's never been touched. Like you say, there's been a few bits and pieces and adverts and whatever and whatnot. But that movie, there's never been a sequel. There's never been a prequel or anything else like that. So that movie just stays original. Where even I did the, the one of the thing, and then funny enough, in my homework for that, I watched the thing, and then I watched the 2011 one, and the the 2011 one was just soulless. Yeah, and it didn't. It didn't take anything away from the original, but it just made it less special. And the more stuff that seem we seem to be getting, because apparently Obi-Wan is supposed to be a limited series, but apparently there's already talks of a second series coming in now because, because everybody's been raving about it. Yeah, and, and I'm... I, honestly, I mean, I don't think it's the worst of Star Wars by, by a long shot. I mean, you can't have Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker... Book of Boba Fett, even. I don't think it's worse than those. I just don't think it's anything special at all. I think it's, it's mediocre at best. It's just taking, to me, it's taking away Alec Guinness. It's taking away, you know, it's 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 an, it's an a, a story that just doesn't need to be untold. Like you say, it's best left in our imaginations. I, I'll tell you one thing I think that elevates it more for some reason. I think it does is that john williams did so much in the music or at least outlined it 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 helps there is the music helps and it makes it a little bit better and it and it helps sand away if any of the original music though no it's all original music by john williams Oh, was he? I, oh, I didn't realize. That. Yeah, that's, um, that's that's he he made some great. I was switched off by the credits. <laughs> like I I like the Mandalorian theme because it's mm. so different and it and it sets itself aside in the Star Wars universe as its own thing that isn't all about Jedi and all that nonsense. But it's this one clearly is a part of the saga in its own way, you know. Yeah, and and. So putting John Williams, having John Williams compose a new score. Now he, somebody else is arranging it and, and putting together the orchestra. Williams is in his, what is he, 90 now, I think. Um, but he did make the original themes and pieces and, and got them started. And it's it's helpful. It makes, it, it does 
make the series at least that part of it. It makes it rather sad. I think between McGregor's performance and and the music, I think it elevates a rather mediocre show with some I'm real not, problems here and there, but a few good moments here and there. I am not taking anything away from you, McGregor, because I think he is doing an outstanding job. He's I mean, doing his he's, best. Yeah, no doubt. Um, like I think I made the joke in the um, episode four that you uh, McGregor is uh, unfortunately been taken to hospital with a bad back for carrying the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's like, is it a bad idea for him and Vader to meet and for Vader to set everything on fire and drag him through it and make him hurt the way he feels that Obi-Wan made him hurt with the anger? No, that's a perfectly reasonable motivation. Were the details, the way they executed it, terrible with the slow hmm. robot and all the other stuff that you've mentioned? Yeah, and that's my problem with the show. It's like it's got some interesting, good ideas and moments and they just but they but they got morons executing it i still say i come back to i can't think of the guy's name now but joby somebody or other is the guy who wrote it is the guy who wrote the army of the dead and again i remember watching army of the dead and all the way through just going well, why are they doing that that yeah. doesn't make any sense and and you know again like i say coming back to this point about somebody being nitpicky I kind of understand that, but like you say, if if you're creating something which you know a lot about, then you are going to be. You know, there are millions of fans around the world who are going to be nitpicky about this. Well, you this know, is th- this is my this this kind of lends into my theory that they had a good outline for a movie, and those beats are in the in the show, but the movie would have been two and a half hours, and this show is six. So. Yeah. That's, I think, where all these problems are coming in. They should have, they should have taken a leaf out of, um, yeah, Stranger Things book. Because if it was uh, a, if it was a movie, they would have just showed somebody coming out of the, out of the shadows, Leia turning around, her eyes wide, and then cut, and you knew she would have been kidnapped. That's yeah. all you needed, right? But this is a show, so now we have to have that re- ridiculous, yeah, chase <laughs> that just looks silly, and you. Yeah. To your credit, made it look even sillier. <laughs> um, it was it was disappointing. It was. It, I'm. I am intrigued by Wednesday because it's the final episode on Wednesday. I am intrigued to see what's going to happen with it, and I, I kind of, in some respects, I hate myself for being so picky over <laughs> over things. There are times when I watch films and I'm sat there picking them to pieces and going, "You could just sit back and enjoy this." You know, it's. Um, I know Eggy really loves. Um, Hey, Zach Brannigan's on. Hey, hey, Zach. Um, I know Eggy loves, um, what do you call it, Back to the Future. To me, there's massive plot holes in that, but it doesn't take away the enjoyment of the movie. You know, it's, it's a wonderful movie, and I will always love Back to the Future, but, they're, you know, the plot holes are terrible. Well, I mean, a plot hole can be acceptable, given yeah. a certain situation. What is not acceptable to me is screwing up the details so badly that you are just taken out of the movie. And I think the biggest, most glaring one, or at least symbolic of the of the series, is that stupid gate that they could just <laughs> easily walk around. Or they could have walked around the two. I mean, when you see things like that, you're going, why don't they just, you know, that's the first thing you're thinking of, right? Why yeah. don't they just do this? And instead, you know, that, that, that doesn't happen in Back to the Future. You know, you, don't, yeah. you, you have to think about the plot holes later on. Yeah. You're not... But you're not seeing something just stick out like a sore thumb. And I think that's 
the issue with this. So um, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting, like I say, to see the final episode and where it goes. Yeah, yeah, and then you can get everybody pissed at you on Twitter. <laughs> Hi guys, sorry I'm late. Hey Maddings, yep. uh, stuck in traffic. You should listen to it on your phone, so we can distract you. Um, <laughs> um, so are we going to come back to our main point about Warner Brothers because we barely scratched on that. We have been talking about Obi Wan and Sean's not here. It's just us girls here, man. Yeah, I was going to say because Sean's not here, he's not kept us on track. Um, so yeah, with Warner Brothers. They can fix Aquaman 2, I think, not too badly. Like you say, there is only probably a few scenes where they, they need to do that. Whereas with The Flash, replacing Ezra, the main star of the movie, that is going to be an absolute headache uh, to do. And it's going to cost a fortune, which ultimately now I just don't think they're going to get back. People have already been saying that they want to boycott Aquaman 2 because of Amber Heard anyway. Like you say, there. So it's... Oh goodness me! Yeah, it's going to be it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I agree, and it's it's not going to be, um, it's not going to. I was just checking the video, make sure everything was good there. Um, I'll try. I, no, I left my phone. I left my phone shut, so I don't accidentally just cut the stream because <laughs> I because I accidentally touched a button we did last week. <laughs> I apologize for that. That was my that was my fault entirely. Some people said it was the best ending we've ever done. Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> oh, then it stopped. Thank God. <laughs> uh, uh, but we do. Oh, by the way, we do have super chats now. So just say it. Uh, what are super chats? Super chats where people can actually give us money, and then the chat gets highlighted. Oh right! Wow. Hey guys, try that out. Yeah. I think it's anything over fifty fifty dollars. We 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 read them all for free now. What the hell? <laughs> when they're when they're this few, uh, yeah, it was something out of a video game design, a gate you can't walk around. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like sort of how tr- some trees sort of have like a radius around them that you can't sort of walk around, sort of thing. Um, it was terrible. And the Snyderverse is, is, is well, the, you say the Snyderverse is over. I mean, obviously, yes, I, I can't see Zach coming back to Warner Brothers. However, they are still determined to make these, you know, make these things happen. You know, they're still determined to get a Flash movie out there. Again, I've, I've harped on about this in the past, but the MCU got it right because they set up the, a, a a great group of characters and then they did the avengers whereas they have done this dawn of justice and justice league well they were in catch-up mode the whole time yeah and know, it was and it was absolute i mean i don't know i'm hoping that whoever was in charge of warner brothers during that time period um that they're you know working in a mcdonald's now because there was you know the mcu had to fight and claw to get their characters back yeah. And and then to work out a deal with Sony to get Spider Man in there, they they ended up doing so well they were able to buy 20th Century Fox, so that got that got <laughs> teach them. <laughs> well, I mean seriously, that got the X Men, the Fantastic Four, right? So the yeah. only thing they're missing is really a lot of Spider Man characters, and they worked out that deal with Disney. Mm. So I mean, you know, credit where credit is due, they they made things happen, and they did it right, and they were yeah. patient about it. Warner never had that problem. They had all the entire DC staple. They could have done anything they wanted, and they just oh, mucked around. The League, apart from Superman, damn it! <laughs> yeah, they they could have done anything they wanted, and they just 
And then when they saw that the MCU was doing so well, then they played catch up and they tried to shove the Justice League out there way too quick and didn't give any of the characters a chance to breathe. I mean, we got a solo Wonder Woman movie after the terrible Justice League movie, or maybe it was just like right before it. Oh, but she was in Batman v Superman first. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In any case, they never really set her up really good in, in any good chronological order or anything and it just it it's like here's the template this template is successful <laughs> yeah. oh we don't it's need to follow that hard. yeah oh we're losing all our money i wonder why it, i mean when you think there's i mean batman's been around for what 60 70 years on and so is superman yeah. you know they've been around for all this time and they've got all this canon that they could have worked with and like you say you can't <laughs> It's like taking a, 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 a like go back to McDonald's. It's like sort of Sunday one day I'm put in charge of McDonald's and I suddenly go, do you know what? I don't think we should do burgers anymore. I think we should make uh, burgers but with um, chocolate sauce. <laughs> and then you know after a year it's like, oh, we've really lost a lot of money. And it's like, yeah, because you just made a stupid decision. And you're just thinking, how can you possibly? Well, you, you you say that. <laughs> but I mean, that's exactly what they're doing now. I mean, I watch a Burger King ad; it's nothing but uh, pride stuff and men kissing oh. and things like that. It's like, how does this help us sell burgers? Burgers? Hello. <laughs> yeah. The stone toss cartoon. How does that help us sell movies? Movies. <laughs> yeah. um, and 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 but I just can't understand how you know you've got a, you've got a massive fan base there. You've got people that love the characters. You know, so a lot of people. If you say who's the greatest superhero, will immediately say Batman. And you've got these characters, and they they just managed to just completely mess it up. Yeah, and I just I just I just find the whole thing inexcusable. You have a template. You could so you would have been behind them a little bit. So what? Yeah. Do it right. And and quite frankly, their take, the Snyder take, was terrible. I'm sorry. I never liked it. I know people are still clamoring about the Snyderverse because the Justice League movie, the Snyder cut, was reasonably good. But I just said, I did. I mean, it was so disjointed. Batman v Superman was freaking terrible. People seem to forget that. It was terrible. And that was all Snyder. Man of Steel was terrible. That was all Snyder. Cool, Aggie would kill you. I don't care, Aggie. I'm sorry. <laughs> the movie is terrible. And Zap says Snyder got screwed over, but I never liked his take. Yeah, both things can be true. He was screwed yeah. over, but that yeah. doesn't mean his take was good. It's kind of it's one of those things. Funny enough, that you say about um, Red Letter Media the other day, saying about it's our expectations are so low that the original Justice League when it came out was just not a great film. You know, there were there was. It was just not good. The Snyder Cut, I think, is a lot better cut. Yeah. Um, I've only seen it the once. It's not like I'd sit down and watch four hours of it again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is literally like comparing a, a a dog poo sandwich and a cat poo sandwich. It's like they're both are going to be horrible, but one's probably slightly better than the other. I don't know, you know. Um, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I should take... You know, a lot of people get irritated with the Marvel movies because they're a little too jokey, a little too light. I think that's a, I think that's somewhat of an unfair take sometimes because I think things like Civil War and Infinity War and the lead up, I think there were some arcs there that people really cared about. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't think it's completely a, a, a terrible opinion. I think I get 
where people come up with that, why they say yeah. that. And I think that there's been some movies where they certainly, I, I like, I really love Thor Ragnarok, but I really hated the way they treated the end of Asgard when it exploded and it just became a punchline. Mm. Um, I, that was wrong moment to do that little jokey moment there. But overall, I, I thought, you know, the lighter, I mean, this is freaking superheroes with capes and magical hammers and stuff. So yeah, have a little bit lighter take on it. And I don't think that the dark broody take works, or at least it doesn't work for Superman. No, it works for Batman, but that's the fun is the contrast between the two characters. There was no contrast between those two characters, except for the power set. You've got to come back and say about like the Christopher M. Reeve, Superman, yeah. they were light and they were fun and they were enjoyable and and like you say, yeah, I get the idea that Batman works at night and he works in the dark and it is a much more darker, grittier scene. But like you say, the whole two contrasts, if they had have put them together properly, would have worked. Whereas, um, I've seen it work. You know who did it perfectly it was uh, the Bruce Tim animated the DCAU, the DC animated oh, universe. Never seen any of them, so. The Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series, and then Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. That was that was done in my. I don't think I've seen it before or since better than the way they did it, as far as getting the tone right of the characters. With it though, are they people like? Not coming back to your 1982 again with um, Star Wars, uh, Star Trek Two, but were they people that? were just understood and respected yeah, the property as absolutely. opposed to you know like with Zack Snyder no offense to him but I just don't, I don't get the the feeling that he fully respects it he kind of wants to make this movie it's it's weird because it's like I think he did a great job on the Watchmen I thought Watchmen was was really well done I mean it's incredible sort I am, of material I am not I, I'm there's a lot of people who seem to really like Watchmen as a fan of the source material I don't like Watchmen Okay. And mostly it's not because they changed it, you know, from a squid monster or something like that. It's that if you read the book, at least the way I took it, if you read the book, it's like these people are kind of pathetic. I mean, other you got one guy that's actually a superhero and the rest of them are kind of broken and pathetic and, mm. and gritty and dirty. And there's nothing cool about them, really. Um Half of, you know, Rorschach is as broken as a broken guy can be. He's dirty. He smells. Um, Silk Spectre and and Night Owl, they don't, um, they don't know what they're doing. Really, they're kind of like yeah. they, they they do were, the they superhero thing because they kind of they were great in a team type of thing. Yeah, on their own, they're not sure where they're going. Yeah, but I mean, they don't have some overriding drive to be superheroes or anything like that. That was the point of the story, you know. So when yeah. Snyder makes them look so cool, every moment, every slow mo shot, they are so cool and they're like bigger than life and everything. It's like you're missing the whole point, in my opinion. No, fair enough. But that's just that's just how I see it. I mean, yeah. I'm just going to come back to the comments here because Zap has um, both both um, Maddox and Zach has said about Man of Steel wasn't terrible. I'm sorry, it was. There were so many plot holes in that that just didn't make any sense. I've I've watched it a few times now, and each time I just I it's I I, I you, it's you, not a good movie. I'll, I'll illustrate the the thing that made me hate. There was two. There were two scenes in there that made me hate. Man of Steel, because Superman is 
the reason why Superman is compelling to me if he's written right is because he has all this power and he has his, his biggest superpower is his restraint Hmm. and his absolute understanding of right and wrong and protecting the innocent. You know, he could just take over the world if he wanted to. Right. Yeah. He could be Uh, a homelander. (laughs) Yeah. He could be a homelander, (laughs) but that he doesn't do that. And then he at all costs will protect the innocent. And use his power to never cross the line. The, the, the restraint that a guy like that would yeah. have is just, that's, that's the compelling thing to me. So when you see Christopher Reeve doing Superman, he, you know, he's always going, don't the people, you know, or, you know, we stop. You know, he's always. He's really concerned about, yeah. Yeah, about innocent lives. In Man of Steel, there were two moments. One was when they had a moment very similar to Superman 2 where the guy was bullying him in the diner. Yeah. Now in Superman two, he he gets his powers back and he gives the guy come up and and he he spins him a little bit, makes him a little dizzy. He doesn't actually punch the guy, and then he sets him on some you know the Salisbury Tray, steak. Soup. Yeah. And then he shoves him into the pinball machine. And he very politely pays for all the damage. You know, yeah. nobody's hurt. You know, just a lesson learned. Don't be a bully. And it's it's also nice. And then. In Man of Steel, he doesn't even get hit. Like the reason why he did that is because he actually ble- made the guy bleed. You know, yeah. it was it was just as much of a moment to you know say I I am still Superman. He didn't have that problem in Man of Steel. And the guy yeah. throws an empty can at him, empty, hits him with an empty can. The guy goes outside and his entire truck is impaled. <laughs> like yeah. he destroys the man's livelihood. I'm like going, holy shit, man. The, the guy did the, the, less than the guy in Superman 2. I mean, with that, the bit that got me was the fact as well that he's hiding from the authorities, and so he does something like that. How, how else would you explain that situation? That is just so <laughs> over the top. And it was the same, like, I remember he, in Superman 2, the, the Zod and Ursa pick up the bus. Yeah. And he's freaking out. Don't, all the people. And you see the people, and they throw the bus, and he has to stop the bus. He gets crushed in the cigarette truck or something and he's like i gotta you know you know he does his best given the circumstances in man of steel the dude throws a a tanker truck at him which he just lightly goes jumps over and lets pass under him and it hits the garage (laughs) behind him explodes the entire garage collapses who knows how many people were in there there's like 15 people in there yeah (laughs) that were trying to get to their cars i'm like what superman would do that and I know this I is mean, Zack Snyder's snake. I, take, snake. Take. I just I just disagree fundamentally with that take. I don't like it. The bit the bit that got that took me out of it was I'm gonna say this, is the whole bit with his father. That he could have quite easily saved him and explained it somehow that the tornado was coming, he could have run in there, saved Nah, the man, dog. I gotta save a dog. Here you go, here's the dog. And he's wait, the way he's done. Wait, because wait again it, Wait. Oh no, I'm Re- dead. <laughs> in the Christopher Reeve version, I like the fact that I know it's I like the fact, but it was um it was uh, Glenn was it Glenn Ford? No. Glenn, uh, yeah, John? Glenn Ford. Ford played his father and he had a heart attack. There is nothing he could do about that. No. And he learned a lesson that sometimes people will die. You know, there's you you can't do anything to stop them. Where I thought with the whole tornado thing, there was several ways that he could have saved him and, and, and explained that situation. So he didn't learn anything from that. It was just 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of Man of Steel. It's... No, I mean it just misunderstands. Like it, it has the trappings of Superman. You know, he comes to Earth. He has a kindly couple. You know, the father dies early. He learns to use his powers. He's revealed. All that crap is in there, but it's all done wrong. It feels like a bizarro version of Superman. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. And so, were we, what were we talking about? Oh, coming back to the Snyder version and everything else. Um, and yeah, that's right, because we were sort of talking about um, uh, Ezra Miller and so forth. Again, I mean, the I mean the Schneider verse is dead. Like I say, I could, Zach is not coming back to yeah. to Warner Brothers. I don't see that anytime. He's out making Rebel Moon at the moment, isn't he? Which is a new um, property, and I really hope he's not written it because he doesn't do his own writing particularly very well. That um, sucker punch, is- man! He should have been in the <laughs> in the wilderness for a few years before he got to touch anything. I mean, how do you me- again? How do you mess that up? You've got four gorgeous girls. And you want to talk about <laughs> you want to talk about misogyny and the male gaze? That movie is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I like you know. I mean, it, it's not that I don't that I mind that kind of stuff. That's gonna be fun, you know. But to put it out there as some sort of woman's empowerment movie <laughs> was so disingenuous. It was that was just from the insulting. Fact Every cinema across America before the movie was started, all you can hear is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can hear you, know? you can hear pants unzipping. Oh, I'm out of here, man. I'm out of here. It was just, that's about as blatant as when um I think it was Gordon Joseph Levitt directed a movie called uh oh I can't remember the name of it now. But he he played in it a sex. Oh addict. the the yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, and he cast Scarlett Johansson and his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Subtle, mate. Subtle. Yeah. Well that's like uh Seth MacFarlane uh being able to get Charlize Theron in his movies and, and being able to Mac on her or he had her in the Orville and things like that. He had her in that ten ways a hundred ways, million ways to die in the West. A terrible I mean, ass movie. Don't get me wrong. If I could get if I could get Jessica Chastain to do an interview for the last movie I boast, I'd be a happy man. Yeah. But you know, it's, yeah. it's, you can, if you could get yourself a kissing scene with one of these actresses, I guess more power to you. Um, that's uh, do you know what? I used to have a friend of mine who wanted to be a movie director, and he wanted to be a movie director literally just for that reason. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, basically, Warner Brothers are going to have to spend an awful amount of money because they have now disowned Ezra haven't they I mean all reports are saying that they've broken all and cut all ties with him well I mean yeah I mean they said oh we want to support our actors and get him the help he needs and you know I when I heard them saying that all I could hear was just substitute Ezra Miller for stock price because <laughs> <laughs> that's all I heard them saying I just don't believe him and uh you know Ezra dug his own I, I don't have any sympathy for him at this point. It is what it is. I, I, I'm starting to feel sorry for him now um, because it's just the. I just I just hope nobody gets hurt. That's all I care yeah. about at this point. But I mean, as far as his career as an actor, it should be over, and he could just live on residuals the rest of his life. That's fine. Um, Maddings, sorry, just to say, Maddings has just said um, he's never watched Sucker Punch. Is it any good? The idea is really good but the execution is terrible i i have watched it twice and the only reason i watched it twice which is james- which idea is good in it which well just the whole the whole concept of it of you know battling your enemies to get out of this place and uh yeah you know, but i mean it was like 
she goes into this world while she's dancing for these guys, and then she ends up dead, I think. And it's like, I don't... Is this... And then the way they show the... It's like the most male-centric way of doing it with tiny skirts <laughs> and upskirt shots and things like that, and these insane anime things. I'm like going, what's... Which concept are you talking about there, George? Because I find it all kind of abhorrent to myself. And I don't get offended by shit. I mean, I wasn't, like, offended, but I was, like, going... This is. I, I, who I are you kidding I only with this? I watched it twice because I like Jamie Chung. Um, <laughs> Fair uh, enough. I, I could watch her in anything, um, but yeah, like I say, yeah, it's, it's not good. when he's when when um, Zach works on material that's not his, like Three Hundred and like Watchmen. He, I think he does a good job. Like I say, I was a fan of Watchmen. I think it was good. But when he writes his own stuff, for example, um, Sucker Punch, and then also he worked on the script of Army of the Dead as well. It's just not a good. As combination. far as I could tell, he's made two good movies. He made Day of the Dead, and he made Three Hundred. After that, I don't think he's made a good movie since. Uh, fair that's enough. where I'm at. I just I think he's, I, I he does have, he should be a, I don't know, like a photographer or a visual effects or it, the no, guy's got no, a visual don't, don't eye. Say, no, I was going to say, don't say photographer, because he did his own <laughs> director of photography in Army of the Dead, and he used this, he kept using okay. this focus and everything maybe, else. That, and yeah, maybe that was terrible, but I, I'm just saying, the guy's got an eye for visual flair. Like the beginning of yeah. Watchmen, with those moving paintings almost, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That kind of stuff. I mean, the guy's, you know, 300, the guy's got an eye for visuals. Whatever job that is, that's what he should do. He should not be directing or... And definitely not writing. You've just been corrected there. Dawn of the Dead, not Day of the Dead. That's what that's what I said. <laughs> Day of the Dead. Um I mean yeah, Dawn I, of the Dead. I said it again. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would kind of miss I would like I say I've seen Sucker Punch, but it's not the kind of film I'd return to. It's it's kind of if it was a lazy Saturday afternoon and I couldn't the remote control was just out of my reach, I'd probably rewatch it. But you know, um because like I say, Jamie Chung's in it, and I, I, I do quite like her. Um, yeah, I've I've never revisited that movie since, and I have no desire to. It's just... I'm, uh, I'm just incredibly shallow. <laughs> not going to hide it. Uh, yeah, tell us something we don't know. Okay. Um, all right, my geography teacher's middle name was Bernard. Um, <laughs> I did not know that. Thank you. I'll file that away. Um, so, ah, I'm getting cramp. Oh, right. Let's move on to then. You're getting that sitting on your ass cramp, are you? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I can do it all day generally, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I hate it when I get sleep injuries. You ever get that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. The noises I used to make in bed, I now make getting out of bed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's kind of a shame that with Warner Brothers, because I mean, it's funny because they've had quite a what's the word mixed bag of stuff i still remember you know warner brothers are the people that used to argue with stanley kubrick about his movies <laughs> you know and sort of oh you need to do this and you need to do that and you're going you're arguing with with stan stanley kubrick there you know and <laughs> it's amazing to me warner brothers has been as successful as it has it does have quite a few properties but um i mean you know they did fine with well how much how much did they have in the harry potter franchise was that just a distributorship or do they did they have a did they fund most of it too i think they funded most of it i don't know if it's top of my head i, I don't either i know that you know jk had such 
control over it. So I think that yeah. it escaped a lot of the meddling. Um, but I'm trying to think of their other franchises right off the top of my head. Um, but the point is, is that they've, I don't know, Discovery seems to be cleaning house with them. And yes, that is, that is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, and, you know, Discovery also owns, and again, I don't want to get too into the cultural and current events and news weeds here, but they are, they do own CNN. And they're cleaning house there as well. They're mm-hmm. bringing in people who are saying the political stuff has got to stop. And I'm hoping that permeates through the entertainment arm as well. Yeah. Um, that they start make. I mean, I, if there was ever a movie in my mind that is pretty much BTFO, the whole woke mentality with, with film, the whole activist mentality with film, it's got to be Top Gun Maverick. Which it's doing uh, so well, and it doesn't have a woke bone in its body. Well, funny enough, though, there are still people mourning about it. We put up an article today. I don't yeah, know but they're losing. <laughs> um, I mean, what it's made like four hundred million domestically, I think already, and it had a thirty percent drop from one weekend to from the opening weekend to the second weekend. That's insane. That, that is that is those those that, that is crazy numbers. That is crazy numbers. So I mean that that's the that's the number that I think woke everybody up. The first yeah. number is everybody wants to go see Top Gun. Of course, it opened big. The second number was holy shit. This is. And, uh, I mean, with it as well though, that I think the, what's happened there is is, I mean. How often do we get these sort of prequels, sequels, reboots, whatever, come out and everything else? And they kind of, they do all right, like with the Halloweens and stuff. I mean, yeah. none of them have sort of done anything like this. But I think ultimately, uh, what's his name? Joseph Kaczynski, who's the who's the director, has just nailed it. I, I still haven't seen the film because I'm, 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 I know it sounds horrible, but I'm waiting. I'm going to wait for it to be on stream. No, I, I get it. It's not, it's not a, you know. Being British and you know you didn't grow up with it like we did and it's it's yeah. a it's a staunchly American film and that's fine there's something wrong with that um but you 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 take a I I still compare it to Terminator 2 you take basically the first movie and you up the ante in all the right places you're true yeah. to the character you up the stakes a little bit and you have much better effects so to speak like Terminator 2 had the the T-1000 with the, you know, just amazing effects that where the first Terminator is a little janky in some areas. Um, not that I don't still love it. I do. But I yeah. mean, you know, the stop motion or Arnie's Muppet head and things like that. I mean, it was. <laughs> Muppet's a strong word, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> it, it gets it gets a little janky here and there, but it's um, Terminator 2. You'll smooth out all those edges and then up the stakes and had a much better story. You know, the yeah. editing, everything. That's what Top Gun Maverick is. It's basically the same thing, but improved in all the right places and, and in every area and and respects the character. And, and you do that and look at that. Holy shit. Look at all the money you make. Look at how people respond. Saps, Saps just said that uh, George go and see it in the theater. It's a movie theater experience. Honestly, if you could still see it in IMAX, I'm not gonna lie that I, and, and I will it, look. I, we don't have IMAX up here. My my my. I live out in the sticks. Sure. So, um, we've we've still got a lady playing the piano to each of the songs that come in. <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time somebody says something, the words come up. <laughs> 
Boink, <laughs> I feel the need, the need for speed. Oh, it's it's still on in the cinema near me. I've just looked it up. So I, 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 could, I, I could I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't think you'll regret it. And mostly because the moments inside the cockpit and, and the flight stuff, there is so little of it that is actually CG. Obviously when they explode or, you know, they're not going <laughs> to yeah. blow up real planes, but all the rest of it. You miserable summons. That wasn't matter. Yeah. Uh, there's, there are some moments that are just absolutely breathtaking. They come down. Like you, you think of the trench run in star Wars. Okay. Now what if the trench was like this, you know, and, right. and they come around and you can see the sonic boom around their plane, around the plane. You know how that haze right. happens. I, I, it's just breathtaking. I mean, I like, you know, you get those goosebumps sometimes when you really see something breathtaking. Yeah, it was that. Yeah. I had that. I haven't seen a movie twice in the theaters in I don't know how long. I went and saw it twice. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, granted, I get it. I get that where you're coming from saying, look, it's, what do I care? It's jet plane. It's just not my thing. I get it, but I don't think you'll regret it seeing it in the I will certainly make an effort to go and see it in the cinema um, before it leaves. It's just, it's weird, actually. I've just been looking up, and in the cinema at the moment, uh, our local this weekend is going to be getting Black Phone, which I do want to see, which is the new horror with Ethan Hawke in it. Um, Lightyear, which... <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to see that. How'd you, um, how'd you, how'd you like my little... Uh, <laughs> the band, every, band, band, band. You know what? I, I You know, that's the kind of phoniness where I go... You know, if you guys are so worried about, like, you stood up to all the Americans that won't do nothing on the "Don't Say Gay" bill, but you know, yeah. you won't. Sh none of these countries will show it because of the lesbian kiss, and you're not saying t nothing. It's such yeah. phonies. It's 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 Hollywood. It's uh, I mean, it still comes back to there was somebody the other day on Twitter saying about how they hate racism, but they love Star Wars and they love Disney, and I'm really sort of like. What? <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, calling them hypocrites doesn't make a difference to people who have no character, so it doesn't but, matter. But with it, like I say, it's not even really calling them hypocrites. It's just the kind of the fact of seriously, you you don't see the the the, the out, you know, the the fact that Disney will quite happily get rid of John Boyega on a poster so that they can sell more tickets, they can make more money. That's I, I, that's, I don't that's know. okay to you. I don't know what it is that people are. I don't know if it's a cult mentality. I don't know if it's some sort of the same kind of thing that religions use to get you to just be unquestioning, but corporations have taken that up now. And I'm just amazed at how many people that used to be like Occupy Wall Street and things like that are just sucking the dick of these corporations and just, it, yeah. I, it's, it's so it's, it's, you know, like, I think of zombie movies. I mean, I feel like it's almost that much of an allegory. You know, that it's just zombie, just to tweet. I love thing, current that's thing. The, that's, you know? that, I was going to say, that's the bit that gets me about it, is some people, it's like with the whole Obi-Wan thing, there are people out there who have genuinely said it's the greatest thing they've ever seen. It's the best Star Wars they've ever seen. I was crying at it. And I'm thinking, what? 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 It, Were isn't, you watching the same that... show as I was watching? <laughs> Well, I mean, is it because we're just old, or is it because <laughs> my we... mate did say to me, "You're just becoming a miserable old git now, so just well, cheer up and enjoy it." There may be some of that, but I mean, I think part of it is is that our generation just is not just. Oh well, 
our generation. I think a lot of people that think like this anyway, they could be younger because I know a lot of younger ones that are also the same way, but just people that are more disciplined and in control of their emotions. And these people, they're just a complete basket cases. I mean, you wonder how many therapists they see, you know, and how many meds they're on when they talk about how they're crying at Kenobi. No, the, the thing is though, is I don't see it like that. I do. I do genuinely think that they think it is the greatest thing ever. And I, I think it's like with the PR company. How, how do you think that? How, do, how can you possibly think that? How can you I sit there and look I mean. at the, the, the length and breadth of so many different, hell, even just the original trilogy and say, this is the greatest thing ever. First of all, you're either not genuine or you're just reacting emotionally, right? Maybe they've lived in a cave for their entire life and it's the first thing they saw when they came out. You're much more forgiving of them than you are of Kenobi. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I love the lamp. Hey, Joe, I love uh, lamp. Yeah. Are you just looking at things and saying you love them because a corporation oh, told I you see. to? I see. But that's the thing. I do think that Disney PR, I mean, funny enough, I've started a script about this of how to do it a video on the channel if you like and subscribe. Um, <laughs> but, um, but with it, I mean, yeah, Disney, okay, pimp us, pimp us. I don't care. Well, Disney seemed to be more interested in creating like a civil war between the fans than admitting to the fact that they've just written sort of badly done characters and that kind of thing that it's kind of detracting from the fact like the whole thing with Moses Ingram, how she was warned about the toxic and racist fans before the series came out was more uh, the way I see it is it's more kind of like, we haven't done very good with your character. So you're going to get a fans. A lot of fans hate you, but they are all just racist and toxic. So there's nothing really we can do about that. Yeah, there is a, there, you know, you, you talk about being out of touch. I mean, just to reduce people to this stupid political nonsense that isn't true. So you don't have to, I mean, I guess laziness, so you don't have to actually work and make things better. You don't actually have to go out there and listen to the, to what people's points are which is just alienating people like us even further. We just get, I, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, there is, there are times where I think the, the anti-woke or something get pretty prickly and brittle sometimes, but I know where it comes from. You just feel like nobody's bothering to listen to you anyway, you know, but it's kind of, they're alienating a lot of the fans and that that's the thing that I can't understand that you've maybe got this new generation that have grown up with a phantom menace and maybe this new lot of, you know, set of fans that have grown up with the sequel trilogy. And you've got now people that are fans of things like TikTok and Snapchat and these, you know, quick, snappy things. And it's, you know, like with TikTok in the Western society, there it it promotes absolutely zero. Um, what's the word? Basically, what I, I I read somewhere that in because it's a China-owned company in China, they promote on TikTok, things like engineers, scientists, and, uh, you know, people of benefit. Whereas in the Western world, they promote people to do lip syncing and twerking. You know, it's no benefit to the future generation. So you've got these kids who are growing up who haven't, like with us, you know, Star Wars for us was a huge, great deal because we only had, what, three or four channels on our TV. And going to the cinema was like a, you know, it was a massive thing. And so it made a huge impression of our lives where kids today are just absolutely swamped from every single corner you can imagine with entertainment. You know, you I think you touched on something there. You talked about TikTok being a lot of lip syncing, a lot of taking what's already there and trying to do something put your own yeah, put yeah your own but, but not on it, but it's it's something that takes you like 
a few minutes to do. It doesn't require yeah. any real work. I mean, you look at Star Wars, and you, I mean, we could say what we will about George Lucas. He, he it put him in the hospital at that time. Yeah, I, I mean, it was they built a whole new special effects industry, and they did things nobody had ever done before. Which is still going strong today. Which you is, know, he's- yeah. So you could say he put the work in and he built it. You know. What you're talking about just seems to be a combination of inauthenticity and laziness that is really, I think that, you know, some of them are on TikTok and and a lot of them are in Hollywood just doing the, the basics. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not creating anything of lasting value. Funny enough. It's the way you, you were sort of talking about it then it's, it's like thinking about the whole screaming Halloween and everything else. They're not doing anything new. They are, they are literally sort of lip syncing and dancing to a nude routine over, you know, an established character again. Yeah. But the, the, the thing is though, people lap it up like with Halloween and stuff. There are so many diehard fans of Halloween out there who would quite happily have 200 movies come out literally about the same thing. And they, they will always go and see it and always love it. Do you so think we, we I could living... continue, though? I mean, I just, at some point, you start aging up, you start aging out, and you start going, you know what? I, I need something different. You know, you, I mean, boredom is going to set in at some point. But then that's what this whole new generation, that's the sort of kind of problem of this whole new generation. That, like I say, people like us, like with, you know, the oversaturation of Star Wars and stuff, we are getting bored of it. And, you know, it is becoming, it's taking away all that specialness of what Star Wars was with us growing up. Well, And yet the newer generations doesn't really matter to them. It's new content. So that's what I need. I just need new content. Every week I've got to have new content. If I don't have new content, then just what's the point? Well, think of it this way. It took us 45 years to get here. Right, yeah. Star Wars coming out in '77, and we've had to wait and and marinate in what was for years, decades, before all this new stuff came out and we moved forward. And a kid today, they can pop everything and watch everything in Star Wars inside of yeah. a couple of weeks, yeah, or, or less, depending on what what they decide to watch. And then every you know now they know it all. Like that, right? Yeah. And then the new stuff comes out, they'll be like, but, you know, it's not going to have the same kind of specialness. I mean, they're, they're, they're making the money off of people like us who have been marinating in this for decades. And that's not going to happen with the newer, you know, the kids come out, it's already there, right? So you can watch it any time. You're ready to go. But the weird thing is, is you say that, but the, at the same time, it's like with the look at the box office drawings for Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. They went down and down and down because the fans voted with their wallets. I think it was, again, this is in the research that I was doing. Oh, actually, Azeggy did the research for me, but the, this script I'm writing, Solo only took about 400 million in the box office. And Worldwide? Think, um, I don't I know. I think it was actually. worldwide because I don't think it broke. I don't think it broke 250 million domestically, uh, and that's that is horrifying well, for a Star Wars movie. Think it's a, yeah, it's a Star Wars movie. How could you possibly fail with a, a Star Wars movie um, opening gross? Yeah, I'm um, 392 million worldwide, and so how how can how can that possibly happen? But then 
fans like us, unfortunately, that when Last Jedi hit, and I'm going to pick particularly the Last Jedi because I think even some of the you know prequel fans are still Star Wars fans. I mean, like I say, I, I don't like the prequels; they're terrible movies. But I I am quite happy to watch them, and I still like them. But when Last Jedi hit, it split the fans, and so the problem is is the people that are giving you money are now taking it back and going no we're not going to go and watch any new star wars stuff because you're just making crap so i guess there's two things going on one is the quality of the work yeah but then also even if it's got quality that doesn't mean that it's sustainable by because you, you eventually you run out of ways to tell these stories because Star Wars, let's face it, I think is kind of limited in the ability to tell these different stories to a certain extent, just by the nature of the fantasy universe that they've set up. Yeah. Things, things, Star Trek doesn't have nearly as many of these limitations, weirdly enough. Although it's shit in the bed, too, so I don't know. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a struggle. I mean, I, I get that you're trying to do something new um, with something that's already there. And I just don't think that that could continue. You got to start coming up with newer stuff, but then that's, there's so I, much stuff out there. I begin to wonder, <laughs> is there anything new to tell anymore? I, it's funny enough. That's exactly the same thing. I used to follow a guy. I used to enjoy drawing uh, cartoons and stuff. And there was a guy, I forget his name now, but he used to do little tutorials and he was saying about how he struggles to come up with new stuff to teach people. And, but he's got to do that to keep his figures up. And it's kind of, he 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 ended up just sort of repeating himself and doing and, and not really sort of doing and it's kind of that's kind of the way disney and these big companies work now that it's just kind of we've got to get new content out there because without new content we're, we're we're screwed we just can't have people watching the old stuff again you know and, and and with that it just becomes laborious and boring and it's just literally ticking boxes and have we got a lightsaber scene yeah so we got darth vader there in there is he you know doing and it's just there's no there's no creativity in it. It is just content that they're churning out. I just, you know, I, I just got done watching, uh, Bosch. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, I'm getting ready to start into the Bosch legacy. Um, it's a fantastic series. Is it doing anything different? It's the police procedural with a somewhat of a, season-long story arcs but enough little mini things going on in it to keep you interested and it's telling it really kind of in some ways kind of blandly um to its strength i like it because of that because it's never he's not a cop on the edge you know just barely hanging on right he's just he's just a really good cop who's uh got to solve these cases and you know, he knows when to cross the line, when not to, but he has, he has, as long as it's in the interest of justice, like he would never plant evidence, right? But he might break a police rule or two. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, and he's a compelling character with his daughter and it's just, you know, they're good characters and you get to know them in this situation. Is it something that hasn't been done before a million times? No, yeah. but it's done in a way that is compelling enough. So I guess... You can't come up with something new that does that treads over, you know, well torn yeah. tro- 
Strode, uh, Strode well, ground, I, but I, th I think you said it last week that I mean, with it, you know, there are several, what sort of six or seven major sort of story arcs, yeah, of you know, love story, chase story, so, you know, so whatever it's it is. Sad, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, but like you say, it's the way that they're executed. That's that's the thing, and it's again coming back to Obi Wan, the way. I mean, the concept it was good there, but the execution, I think, has just been bad because it's, you, you know, I am picking nitpicking nit, nit in it because I love these characters because I grew up with these characters. And so I, I think being nitpicky is, but if you had a scriptwriter who was sort of going, right, you know what, this is happening there, but if that's happening, then, you know, in episode, you know, in episode six or whatever it is, this, and, and tying and trying to tie it all together would have made a much more compelling story. I, yeah, I I mean it, it. So I mean, yeah. What's the magic nut to crack here? I mean, it's it's yeah. obviously you got to have compelling characters, people that you like. You know, the Jurassic, the, the Jurassic World Dominion. I think kind of shows that nobody even remembers the names of Chris Pratt and <laughs> yeah, because they're just calling them Chris Pratt and Bryce Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, <laughs> they don't even know who they are, what they do. They have nothing compelling about them. There yeah. were. Ellie Sattler, Alan Grant, and Ian Malcolm were far more compelling characters in their one movie mm. than these have been in their three movies. So obviously, you have to have characters that you can can latch onto that they have certain traits or something. That's what Bosch is doing so well, I think, is that these characters that are in it, not just him. I mean, I, I look at Bosch like he's a police detective who was very, very tenacious and. He has a strong sense of justice, and especially for the most innocent among us, like children and things like that. He needs to solve these cases, and he can't let things go. You have a police chief who is a good police chief and wants to do his best to protect his department and let them do the good work that they are doing, the honest work that they're doing. But to do that, he is willing to compromise himself sometimes to make sure that He's the one in there rather than some political hack, you know, I could discuss. My point is, is that I can, you ask me about these characters and I can discuss interesting bits and summarize yeah. them. You know, I can't do that with who's, who's in Kenobi. We got, we know Obi-Wan cause we already know Obi-Wan after that. What's her name is mad because she was the kid but she makes a lot of decisions that I don't understand. And why didn't she just kill Vader at some point beforehand? Like when he was in the back to tank, couldn't she just run a, a I think again, I brought that up in my thing that the whole, her backstory of, you know, she, she went through and, and raised through the ranks of, of badness to, to, to finally get to Vader. And I'm thinking, cause she, there's a line, I think at the first episode, where she says, you know, what were the things we've done? And I'm thinking, so she's killed loads of people. They've just killed that Jedi who's hanging up there. And she's killed goodness knows how many others just to get to Vader. Uh, you know, Kurt, you make a good point. You say, if you have despicable, horrible people writing for Hollywood, of course that will translate into horrible, awful fictional characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we, I think there was a time when a lot of these writers had gone through stuff in some yeah. way. They, they were... They were not paid as well as they maybe should have been, but they that that meant that they were living among regular people and seeing all kinds of you know 
regular people stuff. Do you think Alex Kurtzman has any good idea of how a regular person lives anymore? <laughs> or Akiva Goldsman? I apparently said Akiva Goldsman in, in one of our things. It's Akiva, so sorry. Uh, but my point is, is that these, these people in Hollywood, they live in such a bubble. It's so disconnected from real life that they and, can't and not, write anything that's, that is credible anymore. Well, like Kurt just said as well, and touched upon a point, I mean, with it, if you've got dispar- despicable, horrible people and they're writing characters that, like you say, it's going to be some kind of sort of self-reflection. So they think to themselves, oh, I screwed over 15 people to get here, but that's the way people live. So I'm going to write that into my character. And you're thinking... No, because that's not the way people people live. Well, you even know, like if they, they're not doing that, even if they're not really despicable, that they're just stuck in a Twitter bubble and in a Hollywood yeah. universe, they just don't have any, you know, even if they're not doing anything terrible, let's just say, they just don't have any understanding or, or they can't relate to, like, you know, a person in Tennessee lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I, I Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's and and like you say, it it then translates into the fact that they are writing for people who don't. They're trying to write to an audience who just don't understand what their life is like, and and also obviously all the higher ups and everything else. I can imagine. Well, I would say I can imagine. I mean, you know, how many people have probably gone to Hollywood and they've gone and they say, "Oh, listen, I've got a brilliant idea. We'll try this." And oh, but how much money is it going to make? Well, maybe not a lot first. Well, then it's probably not going to get made. You know, and then it just gets shot down like that because it's it's got to be about True. making the money. Yeah, because it's they got to have a proven track record, but they're not. So I mean, this comes back to what the subject of this is: the trouble at Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers keeps you know stuck in this in this death spiral, this vicious circle of having people that have worked on stuff that has been successful. But the reason why this stuff is successful is because they keep rehashing stuff that was previously successful, you know, yeah, standing so, on yeah. the back of giants. You know, yeah. Alex Kurtzman is successful because he got to work on Spider-Man and Star Trek. So, you know, oh, he worked on those things. Let's bring him in. That isn't a measure of success because of his talent. Yeah. It's a measure of success because we keep going for the familiar thing. We want to see the next Star Wars. We have, we're, yeah. we're, I mean, the member berries, you know, we can make fun of all the member berries all we want, but I we're remember, gu- you Don't do that voice anymore ever again. <laughs> um, but my, my point is, is that we keep feeding into it too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Top Gun is a member berry movie. Ultimately, yeah. Ultimately, <laughs> it's a very good one. It's funny, actually, because first of all, I'm just, uh, Mannings has just said, remember how many people I screwed over to, to get um, the LMO Empire? Only but only about four, actually, I think. Um, um, I mean, one of them was a kid, so three and a half. Um, <laughs> um, but funny enough, going back to uh, Joseph Kaczynski, who directed it, I am a big fan of Tron Legacy. I've just watched Tron and Tron Legacy again, because I'm doing a, an article about um, 1982 and Tron. It's okay, you can be wrong. Um, no, I, I like Tron Legacy. I think it's I know well you're you're, it's, you're perfectly. Uh, it's within your rights to be wrong. It's a perfectly well constructed movie, and I think the direction is spot on. And the same that he's just done with Top Gun, he has made what seems to be a very compelling and good movie, and everything else. Now, I also watched this weekend, I did a review on the website, on nationalmovieoutpost.com, of Spiderhead, which is by him, uh, by the same guy, um, based on a book by a guy whose name I forget now. Um, with it, I 
if kids don't count, there's only three then, I think. Um, <laughs> there's only three people I've screwed over. Um, but with it, I didn't think... It wasn't film, even one of your kids. <laughs> I didn't think that it was all that special or anything else. It was it was a pretty good story and everything else. And I, I, I was entertained by it. But I mean, it wasn't like the phenomenon of what Tron Legacy was or the phenomenon of what Top Gun has become. You know, it's a sort of very down-to-earth and more indie movie. I'm sort of whenever he made it, I don't know. But again, I think he is one of those directors that can do that quite well. I look at I'm, I'm going to look at his his um, movies here. What's he done? Uh, Tron Legacy, not Great not one. a big fan of Oblivion. I feel like oh, that's a noble misfire kind of thing. Yes. Uh, the Dig. I never saw. Oh, that's a short film. Uh, Only the Brave. That's a uh, oh Joe Joe D Foster in it. No. Well, maybe. I don't know. Granite Mountain Hot Shots. Elite Crew of Firefighters. Okay. Uh, Top Gun oh, Maverick no, 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 right. and Spiderhead, which I have not seen yet. I might give Spiderhead a try. I, I think he's I think he's a competent director. Um, he's not the writer of anything. So I think mm. I think like most Yeah, sometimes I, I think we give I, 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 I've never been in the filmmaking process. Like, you know, I, I've never been in the actual, you know, scene of the day-to-day of trying to make a movie. So I don't know how much, and maybe it varies from movie to movie, but I don't know how much uh, a director has input on the writing. I mean, maybe he makes some minor changes here and there or the blocking or things like that, but the script is the script. And so if a director directs a bad script competently and we blame the director, I don't know. Is that... I the thing is though I do think like you say there's obviously process he doesn't just read the script and sort of go yes we'll go with that uh, I'm yeah, sure that I agree there are things that he knows visually are going to work or not going to work and that kind of stuff I just think from from what I've seen doing like a reboot of like a 30 year old property he seems to be very good at <laughs> um whereas well, at least twice stuff, although yeah. I'm I'm still not on board with Tron Legacy I, it's I a, it's a, a phenomenal looking movie i like the daft punk stuff but it's just got a, so much nonsense in it that i just kind of go eh. i see i i'd like to say i really rate it i watched it again it was only literally last week and i i thoroughly enjoyed it i think it's really well done i think it goes a little bit beyond the pale with the whole um olivia wilde's character i forget her name now um you know that she was sort of born in the computer and he wanted to bring her out to the real world and everything else that was kind of that that was pushing it a bit but the rest of it i think it's great the fact that you know he gets a page and clue still trying to build the the perfect system and clue wants to get out and obviously he's you know if he gets into the real world there's none of that is perfect and so he's going to go like on a mass killing spree i, I liked it it's good yeah i i think part of it was is that the his son just a block of wood it's part of the problem as far as the actor goes. I, I wasn't. No, no, I'll give you that. He wasn't. He wasn't amazing. And but. I thought the whole thing at the beginning of him parachuting in and and releasing the. It was just. It, I was like, it didn't make any sense to me. It's like you own the company. Just go in there and do it right. What are you doing all this nonsense for? You know. And then the arcade. Thank know, you, Kara. 
It all just. <laughs> That's just said. Thank you. Thank you. Um, like I say, I just remember, I mean, also Olivia Wilde is absolutely stunningly gorgeous throughout the whole thing. Um, <laughs> helps. <laughs> I'm a shallow man. <laughs> if you put in a bit of Totty in a movie, what's it called? Um, Grown Ups with Adam Sander, Jamie Chung in a bikini. Uh, in a bikini i'm an happy man um right so let's you'd have to be because <laughs> i recall uh am sandler gets pissed on by a deer so i don't need to see that you'd have to have a whole lot more coming back maybe it was grown-ups too i don't know which one but whatever it is annoyingly i was going through my list of a thousand movies last year and i did watch both of them but i only remember the first one um so let's talk about something which is good let's talk about the new season of the orville I am digging it. I am. I I can't tell you how much I love this series. Um, we've kind of. I've been. I've been looking forward, to, or not looking forward, but every Wednesday I sit through Obi One and then write it up about how much I hate it. And we've completely kind of missed the Orville. They have done have such an amazing job with this new series. I I there's a couple of things that I like about it. One is that when they're showing space ship shots and things like that the 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 budget and everything the the visual effects are absolutely phenomenal Mm -hmm. but in the interiors on the sets they do much more static much more star trek the next generation type framing and blocking and you don't have all these shaking and moving cameras and you know the I don't like flying the way somebody's, so flying yeah. up somebody's nostril and coming out their ass type thing. <laughs> I don't like the way Star Trek looks and things like Strange New Worlds and Discovery and Picard. It's all very, very dark and moody and the, and, and and moving cameras for no reason and and things like that. And it's just this is edited so much more traditionally, which I really like. It's shot and edited more traditionally, so it has that feel that you want. And then. He's dropped so much of the funny Star Trek stuff yeah. that, that, you know, the first season, some of the stuff was like Family Guy in space, you know. I, I It's funny. I wouldn't go that far because I, I was expecting Family Guy in space. Yeah. And there were there were little one or two jokes. I still like the old, um, so this is an anti, anti-banana ray <laughs> and, and stuff. And there was yeah, like, stuff it, like that just few, takes away from it. But he's and, he's gotten rid of that. Yeah. And what he's left with, it's it's funny how people sort of thought it was going to be like a spoof of Star Trek. But what he's done is he's just he's created his own Star Trek. And you can't obviously, you know, I say you can't compare the two. It's you can't say one with it. You can't say the Orville without comparing it to Star Trek. But he is he is lovingly created just this beautiful universe in which which this ship goes around literally doing what Star Trek did. Well, and and. There's a lot of things, especially in the first season, that kind of happen in Star Trek to a certain extent. The the informality and the jokiness and the way the the pilot with the red beard, I'm blanking on his name, but he's always making some snarky comment, even when they're on duty yeah. and that kind of stuff. Oh, Scott, well, Scott Grimes' character. Yeah, yeah but yeah. It, that stuff would gets me mad in star trek because star trek was never established to be that way but this was so it doesn't get me mad here 
But what's even better about it is that these characters who kind of started out, even the captain started out as kind of goofs a little bit, have grown and become more professional. Yeah. Due to the circumstances of what's going on in their universe. And they've become more competent and have grown as characters. So all that stuff actually works better for me now than it did then, knowing yeah. how they how they grow. Yeah. So I, I think they've done a great he's, job. He's taken on sort of um, Mercer, is, is um, Seth MacFarlane's character. Like you say, he has grown in the stuff that he's done. He is a bit more cautious. He's a bit more so. He's a bit more serious. He, it's just, it's so well done. And well, and you I know did. what? The stories, the th- the three stories so far. The first one was uh, Isaac, the yeah. fallout of, of and him dealing with that of, at the end of season two. He is a, he is the most fascinating character to me because i think more than any even more than any other star trek series they really got right the idea of something that actually has no emotion and how that that he has a compulsion of some sort that is very difficult to figure out but he clearly has made a choice between his people and the people on the orville and that compulsion is there, but there is no emotion. There literally is no emotion behind emotion, the compulsion. Yeah. And that makes it fascinating to me. Whereas with Data and Spock, they, there was always that element of. Because yeah, yeah, with Data, they kind of. I don't want to say they went full emotion but obviously you know he had an emotion chip and then that was it was an interesting character study about how he was dealing with stuff and i remember in one of the movies yeah. he was like, i'm scared and so he turns his chip off and picard goes oh i really you know envy, envy you, you. <laughs> you know? but I, I feel like they i feel like they copped out with data like they had they they had data mostly right i think in terms of he would be warmer because his algorithms would make him warmer and because he looked more human, and so he 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 doesn't have just a blank face with two lights on it, you know. He 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 would try to approximate human emotion. I think that was great. Giving you the emotion chip was the cop out, you know. That was the one that I was like, ah, eh, you, you kind of ruined him after that. Um, but with with Isaac, there's no desire to have emotion, nor is there anything. Uh, the blank face. Is is such I, an interesting choice because you have really no idea what's going on in there. Yeah, the and that's is working. Yeah, there's no, there's no, yeah, there's no telling what he's thinking. And so, from a very logical standpoint, he decides based on his interactions with the crew, distilling the data, that he should just kill himself. Yeah, and they do have some techno babble chicanery to finally bring him back at the end but it still worked as a character study the way the crew reacted i love the way claire's son was so mad at him and then when he actually did it he had to face that about himself you know these kinds of things are missing from all these other shows it's it's weird how they deal with 
I mean, like the like the whole thing with Bortis, who is married to a man, and they, they you know they live in a very very male dominated thing, and you know there, there is a brilliant couple of episodes that explain all that in the in the previous series. But the way they kind of deal with that kind of thing is not done. I don't ever feel like it's the message. It's not it's, uh, a little bit in the first yeah, season. I had some but, problems with some of that, but it's not the idea. It's the execution. Yeah. But again, the way it's done, I don't feel preached at, you know, with this kind of thing. I'm, I'm involved with the characters and I'm involved with the story of how it is going to play out. And I don't feel like I'm just being preached at that, you know, like. Uh, I would so say there was some preachiness at the beginning. Some of the episodes came across a little preachy and not just the Bordis ones. You know, there okay. was a few, but as they've come into their own, they've learned how to soften those edges and get the message yeah. across without feeling like you're getting preached at. And in this third season, it's a shame because this is going to be the last season. And like most Star Trek series, it's the third season when they really get good. Um, <laughs> except for the original series, that third season was crap. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, so the let me let me think. What was the second episode? I'm I'm blanking here. The second episode, the because I remember the last one because the third one was brilliant. The second one was where they no, I was just about to say went to the planet, but that wasn't right. No, they explored space, didn't they? And oh right, they got they got stuck um, with the weird um, spores that that's right transformed the crew. That was a that was a nice t- you know there wasn't. There wasn't a ton to that, but it was executed great. It was just crazy aliens in space. We got a new enemy. They're introducing it. They have kind of a Borg-like deal to them where, yeah. you know, they transform the people into the species. Um, they were suitably creepy. Yeah. Um, a little so bit of janky it. CGI when they're crawling on walls and ceilings and stuff. But, no, but overall, the, the well done. Through the transformation was yeah, yeah, no, that, was, that was yeah, it was bad. That, that, <laughs> there were some willies to be had yeah. there, no doubt. Uh, um, the third episode I thought was brilliant because I really had no oh. idea what the hell was going on, and that I was, was I was riveted through the whole thing. That was what got me. Was the I mean, you you're watching it and you're thinking like, right, what the hell is going on here? And then when they shift tonally from one thing to something completely and utterly different, yeah, and you're going. Right, well, I, I'm still not getting on. And the way the sort that the whole that that whole episode played out as well was brilliant. You know, the the explanation of it. We're not going to go into it because we don't want to spoil it for people. Because I mean, um, all all four of our viewers here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with it, I I can't recommend the series enough. I absolutely love it, and I look forward to every Thursday when the new episode comes out. Because how it's many just, are they going to have? Do you know. I did look it up the other day, and I can't remember off the top of my head. Because uh, I know this is going to be the last season. And I'll be honest with you; I'm going to be really sad that it's it's it, they're not going to put the effort into it. But you know, if it if it follows the Star Trek tra- trajectory in ten years, we'll get the the motion uh, the Orville, the motion, the motion picture, picture yeah. and then they'll have six movies where they get old and fat. And <laughs> um. Oh, grief, why can't I see it? It is episode guide. There we go. Um, blah, 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 blah. No, um, episodes. There we go. There's been 36 episodes so far. We're in season three, and altogether there's going to be oh, what, oh, 10 of them. Yeah, I kind of figured it wasn't going to be that many, and that's that's a I, shame. I, I can't see them cancelling this. Oh, I they, they already have... said it was the last season. I, I It's a shame. I mean, 
that's what they say now. I mean, if the numbers are great and you know, anything is possible, but right now this is the last season because it's, it's they so got to get people, they can't get people together. And I think the, the, yeah, if they do it, it's not going to be for a while. Let's put it that way. It's a shame because, like I say, it's just one of those series which just gets everything so right. Like you say, the special effects, the storytelling. I, I love how involved I am with all of the characters. I liked in that first episode, this new character, Charlie, who's one of the co-navigators. Um, she was making really good points and i kind of don't trust her but again it's just it's but you completely understand you understand where she's she's coming from yeah yeah you know absolutely um i had uh you know mcfarlane he's making he's making a case for being one of the better starship captains out there in this especially his last two seasons he's really coming to his own and has that he's starting to get that presence you know that you're supposed to have as a captain. He's, he's acting well into it. I'd give him props for. I found a, um, I found a meme. Let me just quickly get it here. And it basically had, um, oh, I can't find Oh, there you go. And it had a picture of Seth MacFarlane, but as Bender. And he says, I'm going to make my own Star Trek with the stories true to Gene Roddenberry's vision. <laughs> You know, and that is what they've done, as opposed to sort of making it with hookers and, and blackjack is what the quote originally was. But he, again, like I say, I thought it was going to be Family Guy in space, but he's created this wonderful universe, which I'm quite happy to get lost in, you know, for an hour every week. Well, I mean, there's a, there you go. I mean, Kurtzman is the showrunner of Star Trek, and he admits he never really watched Star Trek and was never a Star Trek fan. Seth MacFarlane, there is an old, you can find it on YouTube, there's an old, when he was like a teenager, where he did kind of a fan film, and he's playing Captain Kirk. You know, clearly yeah. the guy adores Star Trek. And, I mean, his very first Family Guy episode, he lovingly made fun of Star Trek. Did you ever see that, by the way? It's pretty hilarious. It's um, it's like the Family Guy, They every so often they turn on Star Trek and they watch a scene. And it shows Captain Kirk and like every single word he does, he's in a different pose. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then he lifts up his legs, his pants split, written on his underwear. It says Captain's <laughs> Log. Yeah, no, I do remember that now, yeah. All right, we're going down the planet. The way table consists of myself, Mr. Spock, Dr. McCoy, and Ensign Ricky. Ensign Ricky goes, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets, I but I mean, clearly these were made out of love. You know, those yes, little moments were made out of love. That's the thing. Like I say, they were made out of love and they weren't made out of making money, which I don't want to say that like Obi-Wan is. But again, like I say, with the whole member berries thing and everything else, Disney are just trying to churn out content. And that is what they're trying to do. They are making sure that the content stays stays out there and it gets people's grabs their attention and everything else. Whereas with Seth, I mean, it's like I keep coming back to the company A24. They make just the most amazingly interesting stories. And so they made everything everywhere all at once. And they were rewarded with it being the biggest box office smash that they've had. You know, that he's made more money than, than you know, I can't remember what the second um, biggest one was now. I want to say hereditary, but I don't think that's right. But No, I think you they, might be. Um, might be. It was a pretty popular. They, they, focused, they focused on just making and telling a good story, and then they had a hit on their hands. And you kind of think, who would have thought that people would be really interested in this kind of story? But then when you're presented with so much crap out there, 
of I don't want to say crap as such, but I mean just so much content out there that when something actually truly shines, you just look at it and go, "Yep, yeah, that is brilliant," because it's just raised above the level. Well, I do I do think it comes down to like there there are people in Hollywood who, I mean, there's a cronyism in Hollywood that is unmistakable and really really bad and it's a it's a big club and you and i aren't in it right yeah and these people get all of these properties that they don't really care about it's just a way to keep a paycheck or make money now i think they bring in people that care about it i think you can see from some of the the design set designs or some of the special effects i i like the design of the enterprise in strange new worlds i like the look of the inside i like the like the outside of the ship I think it's I think it's a gr- I think it's what they would have done if they could have back in 1966. Yeah. Um so, you know, but the people that are actually in charge of making the creative decisions about characters, about stories, about plot, which is absolutely the foundation of all these things. That those are the people that, you know, hate you and hate this stuff. They don't like it. Again, coming back to that whole 1982 video you did about Star Trek 2. Nicholas Mayer wanted to make it more of a character study as opposed to a sci-fi adventure. And that really comes across because you really get to know Jim and Spock and well, let, let and me, guys. And- let me clarify you on that. It, it wasn't that that's what he wanted to do. Right. What he did was he sat down and he watched all 79 episodes. Uh, and, he, and he really took it in and he I observed what Star Trek was. And right. based on that respect of, like, I'm not going to try to make it what I think it should be. That's what they're doing now. I'm going to make it what I think it should be. He yeah. looked at what, what it was and respected that this is what made it popular, what made it a thing, why people are going to sci-fi conventions. I have to make it about that. Whether yeah. or not he, he loved it or not, he res- at, at the very – and I think he does love it now, but yeah. I think – at that time, he he understood what he was seeing, and then tried to do that, which he did phenomenally with Rathacon. Yeah, and I I think that that's that's what's missing now is we have a lot of arrogant and lazy writers who are just saying, "I know what it should be. It should be X because that's what I want to see," and that isn't what it is all about. It's not X; it's Y. You know what I'm saying? I'm completely on board with what you're saying, but the point I was trying to get across was is 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 it's more about the character studies, like with the Orville, the character studies of it are brilliant because you're you're really on board with Mercer and the rest of the crew and everything else. I know Scott Grimes can be a little bit grindy, but I I love his character so much. But you know, he's grown. He's grown as a character. You know, he's he's taken out and he's test piloting ships, he's he's caring more, he's 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 not a goofball anymore, and that's grown that shows character growth throughout the series. So you same with the same with uh Lucas, no, the the engineer. Who was just his goofball buddy until they realized he was really smart. And then they put him down in engineering. I mean, all that kind of stuff is really Malloy. That's his name. Malloy. That's Grimes' character. But with it, (laughs) but with it, when you think of, and again, we're going to come back to this, but when you think of Obi-Wan, you can't think of everybody on Twitter seems to think, seem to be saying the scene with Obi-Wan and Anakin doing the lightsaber fight was just magical. And it's like, yeah, it did look good. But there's no, there's no, there's no been no character arcs or developments with anybody apart from maybe Reva, who's now had this kind of mild twist to her story. Everybody else, Leia's not gone through any character development. Luke isn't even there. Um, 
you know, Vader's Ben's nobody. So you don't care about the characters because what they it seems to be what they're more concerned about is the fact that Hayden's back. Hayden's back. Like Hayden's back with his lightsaber. Oh, Everyone loves that. You know what I've? I hate to say this. I mean, but this is just the impression I'm getting because it's just unless it's a legacy character. They seem to be going out of their way to show that there's no more white people in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Any anybody they introduce is some sort of POC, and I'm like going, it's not. I mean, if it, it feels like you're shoving the message, is what it yeah. feels like. Um, if there are white people that are introduced, they're on the Empire. They're evil, right? Or they're a legacy character, like Obi Wan. Yeah. But otherwise, like every single person left in the Star Wars universe seems to be Indian or Pakistani, um, even more so the black people. They're not even giving black people that much screen time unless they make, you know, Reva, and then she turns out to be good. You knew that was going to happen. Yeah, right? yeah. Like I say, there was no way she was going to stay evil. No. But I mean, it's like, if it, it feels so obvious that they're doing yeah. this and inorganic, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and of course, you know, everybody say, well, you're just racist because you don't want to see that in there. No, it's not so much that. I don't I don't care that much. Again, it, it comes down to it's clear that you think I do. Yeah. And that's what's so insulting about it. So it's it's, yeah. it's so in your cuz like the Indian lady when she fought those stormtroopers and she just kind of haphazardly slapped <laughs> one on his helmet and he went down like a sack of potatoes. I'm like going What? The what? Hell was Is this that? some sort of weird empowerment thing? It just everything just feels so yeah, we're going to stick it to those right-wingers, which apparently everybody disagrees with you now as right-winger. Uh, yeah. I, I just... I don't see anything organic or real no. or authentic in it anymore. I think that's the worst part about it. Again, it's kind of a weird thing how even, again, doing research for, for one of the videos, um, Tamir Morrison, who was saying he wants old Boba Fett back. He doesn't like what happened in the book of Bob Fett. He wants the old Bob of Oh, blame him. And and when you think again, with the Mandalorian as a new character, we were all totally on board with that and we were all fine with that. And okay, they brought back the member bros with Luke because they did it really well, you know. But with this new character, we were swept along. <laughs> then with they it. drove it into the ground with Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh two episodes you can stay at home tomorrow if you like. Yeah. Uh, just come back in. Well, I mean, out you on know, Friday. Tamir Morrison. But, I think he's Maori, isn't he? I mean, he's he's yeah. not. I had no problems with him. It didn't feel weird when they put him. In. It didn't feel weird when they put Sam Jackson in there. It, it felt natural because those two actors did a really good job. It kind of you you felt like that could be. You know, I, these again, these characters. You didn't... Again, in doing my research, and I had to learn this name, but um, Giovanni Esposito, who plays... Um, oh, God. I learned his actor's name, and his, his name it plays with the dark saber. Um, oh, oh. The bad guy. Darth oh. Gideon, um, Gideon, Gideon. Moth Gideon. Moth Gideon. Well, yeah, Juan Carlo Esposito, yeah. Yeah. Um, he His character, there was no warning... That you know you're gonna get you yeah, may get he doesn't he doesn't earlier. feel forced in at all he's awesome and, but not just that but what I mean is is Disney didn't have to warn him about the racism he was going to find because he was a really well written character you yeah. got your teeth into him and hated him because he was a good bad guy whereas with Reva it, you get the impression that Disney sort of said. Eh, we've kind of you know made it black uh, she's a woman uh, maybe well, there's a twist at the end 
and it's, it's about matching up character to actor, right? Juan yeah. Carlos Esposito plays quiet menace as well yeah. as anybody, especially when he looks kind of unassuming, you know, which makes him look more dangerous because he does so well with his acting. So the fact that he's black is immaterial. Yeah. Because he fits with that character. So I don't feel like that feels forced or inauthentic. And that's all I'm asking for is a little authenticity, but I guess I'm asking Hollywood. So what the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> well, yeah, if you want authenticity, then obviously um, he needs to be the leader of a thing, just like Tom Hanks. You know, yeah, well, that's, that's what they think is. <laughs> that's what they think. Authenticity is, is that only a gay person could play a gay person. Yeah. It's like, well, no, there's that's, that's, if they're no. a good actor, then they can they can probably get away with it. Yeah, you don't have to be the person to play the person. You have to be the right person to play the character. And that doesn't matter what the race is or the sexuality or anything. What matters is if it's a good fit, it feels organic and authentic. And yeah. that's where I think the anti-Wokies get caught up in race and race swapping and that kind of stuff. That's that's because you start because you start feeling that and your natural reaction is well where's all why why is there so many black people in star wars why is there so many pakistanis in star wars that's the wrong question and i've you know i fall into myself the question is do these actors feel authentic to the characters that they're playing and when you have to say no so many times then you know that there's somebody back there that only thinks race is important and that's why they're making these decisions and that's the enough we feel the inauthenticity it's just very difficult to articulate it Without sounding like a complete asshole. <laughs> um, just going back to the comments there. Uh, yeah, it is a paint by numbers. Obi-Wan is a paint by numbers. Um, and, and they've been going out the lines quite a lot, I think, as well. And maybe changing some of the guys. It is the same guys in The Boys. The, see, to me, um, Zaps just mentioned uh, um, Breaking Bad. The end of, I think it was season three, is when the bomb goes off and he walks out of the room with half his face gone, yeah. I think to me that was just one of the best moments on television I have ever seen because the way that scene is played out is just absolutely beautiful. It's so well done. And he is a great actor. He is, like you say, that dark menace that he's got about him and everything else. He doesn't have to say anything without giving this wonderful presence. Well, I mean, Breaking Bad, he comes out and he's so nice and affable as the owner manager of a fast food restaurant you just you know when you first see him you have no idea that he is this drug kingpin lord he just doesn't but once he makes the switch oh god chef's kiss of acting right (laughs) so yeah i mean that's that's phenomenal and i got no problems with that kind of thing i i don't i just want to see the right character. First of all, I want to see good characters that are made because of the story reasons, not because some checkbox. And that's what I get so irritated about. Is I, I know there's somebody back there trying to check off checkboxes to show how good a person they are. It yeah. comes off so inauthentic, and we all feel it. We all see yeah. it. And it's not – none of this is going to have any lasting impact when it's all said and done. No. Right, Chumbe, I'm going to say we've done a couple of hours and I'm now getting hungry. So, <sighs> holy shit. Would you, would you like to wrap up the show for us? Absolutely. I had no idea we'd gone this long. Um, 
You know, when you don't have Sean here, it just flies by, doesn't it? <laughs> they do say time flies when you're having fun. He's such oh, a crank. Uh, oh, he's and rolling that's, his that's eyes. Saying, that's, something, that's saying something from two old cranks like us. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for watching. Remember, we are lastmovieoutpost.com for all the latest in news, movie news, streaming news, and everything great about film. We are the cool news now. You can reach us at contact us at lastmovieoutpost.com and at movieoutpost on Twitter. I am at Drunken Yoda One. I almost never check my Twitter, but at not George Lucas One. He is always on Twitter because he has no life. So you uh, want to uh, also find us here on YouTube. Please like, share, and subscribe. We could use all the help we can get. And uh, I don't know how much the YouTube algorithm is going to favor. People like us, so that's fine. If you guys share it out, you do us all a huge favor. George, you got any uh, final words? No, but from um, we're really sort of getting focused on getting more videos up on YouTube. Um, I I know I've been really spamming the account with with amusing things from Obi Wan, but I just can't help it. They're no, all just there right in front of me. It's all it's all gold. I love it, and uh, I'm I'm I I got to admit that I'm very proud of my. Uh, my, I was pushing myself a little bit, and I, you know, I'll, I'm going to blame you for this because all your little fades and the way you do things. Uh, <laughs> I, I pushed myself quite a bit on the Star Trek one, especially the bookends, to try to actually generate some actual emotion out of what I put out there instead of just documentary. So, thank you for that. I'm kind of proud of it. And it, uh, it's it's a nice. I love. I do love the fact that we've got this nice friendly competition going on. Yeah. Of of kind of who can who can make the better video because at the end of the day like i say I, you know it's friendly competition and i think like i say the star trek one you did was was fantastic um but at the same time it's kind of the viewers who win out of our friendly competition so uh last movie outpost wins so yeah, exactly. that's that's the deal I, I think it's good that we keep pushing ourselves like that and that's that's uh fun and i'm just trying new things i know you're trying new things so uh, i like your i like your little you know, there's only one that everybody seems to like, but uh, yeah, then the others I think are just as funny, but they get no traction. It is, it is annoying. I'm still pleased. If you go on the YouTube channel, guys, if you're still listening, go on the YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, look at the Morbius one, because I was really proud of that. And I'm sorry, I think that's really funny. It, it was get good. More likes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If anybody can help us understand YouTube sorcery, we would love to to break the code on that. So. Uh, otherwise, thank you, Mad Inc. Uh, you you have no social life. <laughs> nope. Yeah, you're, you're here now. Yeah. Happy Father's Day to everybody for all the fathers out there. And uh, uh, I don't know if I, my my kids got me a water. Well, I think I mentioned that at the beginning. The waterproof Bluetooth speaker. What a nice thing for them to get me because I asked for it. <laughs> Made it easy on them, you know. They always bitch. We don't know what to get you. Never. You always say you don't want nothing. So okay. <laughs> There's a cheap thing you can get me, and I can listen to stuff in the so. I, I want a holiday. Yeah, you want us to go on a holiday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I want you guys to go on a holiday and leave the house to myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, wants to get rid of the pop-up ads. Uh, you talk about on the site or on the YouTube? But, you know, we got to make money somehow. The, you know, servers don't pay for themselves, so I hate it, but it, it is, is what annoying, it is. It is annoying, like I say, but it is, you know... Um, 
we, we all do this out of the kindness of our hearts at the moment and like i say when it comes to like things like the servers and all that kind of stuff yeah it's 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 not cheap um so we do apologize but we thank you for just sort of you know putting up with them if if we get big enough or we can get to the point that we could be a uh you know get members have a subscription service and that kind of stuff uh and we can actually support ourselves then we will definitely scale back on the ads because i agree they're annoying but right now it's the it's really the only method and the ability to get any revenue to at least keep the site up and running oh, keep apparently us up on the running. apparently on the site zach, zach said yeah um yeah i know it's 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 mostly on the phones it's not on the actual website but it is what it is, and I, I wish I had a better way to get around it, but we want to, uh, these are all growing pains, you know, we've been around for what, three, yeah, three years this August, so we will have, um, we've gotten somewhere, we're getting to the point where we're at least self-sustaining, although none of us can quit our day jobs, so after that, you know, if we get to that next level, and we can actually do that, then yeah, we will consider about some of these things. Google Ads, I got to tell you, doesn't pay shit. So we're using a different <laughs> company for that. Anyway, that's that's all from us. <laughs> I'm still hungry. I know. I'm keeping I want to see how long before you start eating your own arm. Uh, <laughs> he passes out. Uh, I'm wasting away to normal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to steal that. Uh Thank you very much, George, and thank you very much for watching, and we will see you on the next stream.